And so today, I've, I've the honour and privilege to share with you a message entitled, Godly Confidence. Everyone say, Godly Confidence. Hey, let me ask you today, are you a confident person? Or does your confidence, is it a facade? But let me ask you as well, where does your confidence come from? You know, we live in a society that is very self-focused. It's about me, it's about mine. And the challenge can be that what is seen as a success sometimes comes from our achievements and therefore can affect our confidence. But the, in, the Apostle Paul in Philippians chapter 3 is speaking to people at the time and showing them where real confidence is found. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, real confidence. Philippians 3, let's have a quick look at that right now. We're going to pick it up from verse 1. Finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord. For me to write the same things to you is not tedious. Everyone say tedious. Hey, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs. Beware of mutilation. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit. Rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Everyone say, no confidence. Hey, no confidence in the flesh. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh. If anyone has confidence in the flesh, I more so. Circumcised on the eighth day, the stock of the tribe of Benjamin. This is the Apostle Paul. He's speaking about his credentials here. A Hebrew of the Hebrews concerning the law, a Pharisee. Is an educated person. Concerning zeal, I persecuted the church. Concerning righteousness, which is of the law, blameless. Get this, blameless. You know, I've often thought, how is it when we read the Bible, it seems like the same themes seem to come up again and again. Who knows what I'm talking about? I don't know about you, but just maybe it's not just me. You know, not just you, maybe it's just me. And I was thinking about how the Apostle Paul starts off by reminding the people of the day, he's saying, hey guys, you need to rejoice in the Lord. We need to declare from our mouths the goodness and the grace of God that is richly upon you. Turn to your, turn to your neighbour and say, you. Then Paul admits and then he says to them before that, he realises that it is necessary to say these things again. I feel like sometimes there's one thing to hear the word, but it's a whole nother thing to believe the word. Come on, who knows what I'm talking about today? They reckon the longest distance is between our minds and our hearts. And I pray that today that as we devour the word of God, that it won't be just head knowledge, but it'd be heart knowledge. That as we get into the heart of the word of God, that not only it'll be just education, but it'll bring transformation. See, our mind is where the education piece comes from. But it's our heart that transforms and changes us from being where we were to where we need to be in Jesus' name. And so can I encourage you today that every time you get into the Word of God, no, it is not deja vu as you digest the Bible, but it is something that God is wanting to speak to you and reveal to you and teach you that will ultimately not just educate you, but change your life and not only change your life, but the descendants of your bloodline be changed for the glory of God in Jesus' name. And so never get to a place where you read the Word of God and you say, oh God, this is deja vu, I've read this before. No, no, no. 
Could it be just maybe today that the Holy Spirit has allowed you to read a piece of Scripture and that verse because what He has for you in that verse is there to set you free? Come on now. Then maybe, just maybe as you devour the Word of God like you know you want to, that the Holy Spirit will reveal something to you that will change your life in Jesus' name. So the opportunity we have is that Paul is talking about in Philippians 3 about godly confidence. And one thing is to be confident in our own right, but it's a whole other thing if we can get godly confidence in our lives. So the question is, how do we get godly confidence? A couple of, if you're writing notes today, the first subtitle would be this, faith and legalism don't mix. Now, come on now. Faith and legalism, hey, they do not mix. You know, important verse 3 says, hey, beware of dogs. Now, what was Paul talking about? He's not trying to be derogatory. He was not people calling. Uh, he was not talking about animals, but he was talking about the Judaizers of the early church. Who and you might say, who were they? They were a group of people, a group of Jews who were legalistic, who claimed to believe the gospel, but added their traditions to it. Come on, I don't know about you, but there's been times in my life, in my walk with Jesus, where I hear the word of God, I take the word of God, but for some reason, I like to tack on my traditions to the end of that. But can I encourage you today that the Word of God is, in, is pure. Let's not add our traditions or our stuff to it. Just the Word of God is the Word of God. So what are you might think, well, what is the big problem with that? The big problem with that is that they believe that not only that Christ was their main doctrine, but they also believe that they had to keep the law and get circumcised in order to be saved. Hang on carefully, I'm going somewhere with this. In other words, they were proclaiming you were saved by faith and works. That is a bit of a challenge. So Paul, in, in, this, verse of, in this text, he's calling them out. He's calling them out, calling them dogs. And he's saying, hey, what he's actually saying here, these guys are like dangerous dogs because they twist the truth and they create strife, they create fear and they create confusion. The Judaizers, and forgive me for butchering the word, were interested in external circumcision, but ignored the circumcision of the heart. Oh, come on, I'm going somewhere with this today. Let's remember that we are saved by having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Come on, listen to me carefully this morning. Online in the room. We are saved by having faith in the Lord Jesus Christ alone. Period. Period. Now, you might think for a minute, well, how does works come into play with all of this? We have works because of, you know, the reason why we have works is because it's an outward demonstration of the freedom that Christ has paid for in our lives. We don't have works to be saved. We have works because we are saved. Come on, I want us to get this on, on board this morning. We don't do works to be saved. We have works because we are saved. True circumcision is a circumcision that comes of the heart. The Jews' view of circumcision was an external sign of a covenant between God and His people. But notice how God was not interested in, in man's external signs. Come on, now listen to me carefully today. God was not interested in man's external signs, but He was more interested in the circumcision of the heart. This is where our hearts... And our minds are devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
This is about worshipping and focusing upon God. Unlike works, which is a focus on man's own achievements, on owns man's targets. This means recognising salvation, listen carefully, is 100% God and 0% us. Salvation is not 50% man, 50% God. No, no, no. Salvation is 100% God and 0% us. So now with, with that in mind, godly confidence, how do we continue to build in godly confidence? Well, we need to understand that our fleshly achievements don't count for anything when it comes to salvation. Listen carefully today. This is where the Judaizers has got it wrong. They were saying that you need to have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, but you've got to do this, you've got to do that, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Tradition. Tradition kills. Flesh has nothing to do with salvation. The fact that you gave your life to Christ was because of the grace of God. In fact, when you're sitting in a room like this and the presence of God is moving, it's just the grace and the presence of God. Even the fact that you could say yes to Jesus was not because of your own flesh. You might think, oh, because I had a heart palpitation, I had you know, tingles up my spine, that maybe it's a fleshly decision. No, 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 no. It was the Holy Spirit that was in this place, that was touching your heart, that gave you the opportunity to say yes to God. In fact, the reason why you're even saved is sitting in this room today is because of the goodness and the grace of God. Not anything that you could have done or I could have done is a complete reminder that the flesh has nothing to do with salvation, has nothing to do with God's anointing, has nothing to do with what you have in your life, but it is the grace and the mercy of the Father that allows you to have what you have in Jesus' name. As a young Christian, you know, I used to fall into the trap that I would need to memorise 50 verses out of Leviticus, verses out of the Bible, spend X amount of time in prayer, because I saw other people do that. And part of the challenge with that was I used to play a game of comparison. I felt like in order to get closer to God, I had to do, do, do. But who knows that it's not about do, do, do. It's about done, done, done. That the reason why we can breathe and we can even say the name of Jesus is not because of what I've done, because of what He has done. In fact, one of the best ads for a bank I've ever seen was actually Me Bank. And I'll see if I can just repeat it. <clears throat> See how we go. Me, 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 me. Come on, you know what I'm saying. Me, me, me. Oh, you know about it. Me, 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 me. Oh, come on, I'll do it. You know what the challenge with that? And I hope I don't get sued for even saying that. You know what the challenge with those kind of statements is when you start to play the comparison game and then you say, you know, what can I do? What, what do I need to do? And all those sort of things. You're actually to a place where you think that the blessing in the hand of God is based on what you do. But who knows? It's not based on what we do, but it's based on the love of Jesus Christ. Come on. These statements have one thing in common. They focus on our achievements. And Paul is saying he have no room or confidence for the flesh and its own achievements. And let this be a liberator today. You don't have to drive yourself crazy in order to try to get closer to God. You just need to walk humbly with Jesus. Come on, this is an easy one. You need to walk humbly with Jesus. You need to stay accountable. You need to be obedient and he will help you in Jesus' name. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. 
So the thing about this is that this Christian walk, this Christian life, it's a journey. So you, you, you're, walk, you're starting off over here, point A. You listen to the voice of God. God says, you need to deal with this. You take a step forward. You do that. You listen to the voice of God again. He says, son or daughter, you need to change this. You do that. You move forward again. And as you continue to listen to the voice of God and be obedient, you stay humble. Yes, God, I will do that. Yes, God, I'll be obedient. Yes, God, I'll hear your voice and I'll do what you say. And you know what? That's where the blessing of God comes. It comes when you say to God, God, I am humble and I will listen to your voice and I will hear you and I will do in Jesus' name. Philippians 3 verse 7 says this, But what things were gained to me, I have counted as loss for Christ. Yet indeed also I count all things as loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ, Jesus my Lord, for who I have suffered loss of all things. Everyone say all things. And count them, get this, as rubbish. That I may know Christ and that I may be found in Him not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through faith, listen to this carefully, through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know Him. My prayer for us today is this, God, that we may know You. Come on now. That should be our prayer. God, that I may know You that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings, be conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Today we're talking about how to gain godly confidence. And another thing we need to understand is that real value comes when we know Christ. Come on, that's where real value comes. Paul comes to the point where he concludes that before salvation, before coming to Christ, he used to see other things as valuable. He used to think, see things like bloodline, stock of, the, stock of Benjamin. That's what he said in, verse, um, in the earlier part of Philippians 3. He used to see things like education. He was a Pharisee. He saw that as important. Zeal, where he persecuted the church. Tradition, the stock of Abraham. But Paul came, when Paul came to Christ, he discovered that all of these things were not that important. In fact, if anything, they would take him further and further away from God. Don't get me wrong. Achievements are good. Don't let this word be a dampen of setting targets and what you're believing God for next year. I'm not saying that. But in the grand scheme of things, yes, have your targets. Yes, have your faith goals. Yes, believe God. All those sort of things. But can I ask you today that maybe, just maybe, we need to reconsider the allocation of the order of goals and achievements and things. That, that our goals and achievements and things are important, but they will never replace knowing Christ. Come on, I want us to understand that today, that Christ is the number one and the first and foremost in Jesus' name. These achievements, as good as they are, the challenge can be, these, if we are not careful, these can cause our hearts to become hard. Listen carefully. And to be prideful. Because what is seen as success in our own achievements would cause 
us to rely on our own efforts, on our own way of thinking and not placing the Lord Jesus Christ as first place in our life. Don't, I'm not saying for a moment squash achievements and throwing out the window. No, I'm saying have those goals. But don't forget to have Christ as number one in your life. Seek first the kingdom of God and what? All of these things shall be what? Added unto you. So can I encourage you today? Don't let success and own achievements push you away from faith in Jesus Christ. If we are not careful, this, this could become a form of idolatry and that is not pleasing to God. This is why giving is so important as it's a reminder that God, you are the reason, not us. Compared to knowing Christ, you know, Paul makes, a, makes mention, he goes, hey guys, compared to knowing Christ, everything is at a loss. It's all rubbish. This is so clear that Christ is the most valuable person in our lives. When Jesus said, where your treasure is, your heart is also, what was he saying? He was actually talking about what do you value? What do you value? So can I ask you, there's a couple of questions I'd love to ask you this morning. Rhetorical questions. Does, our, does your life show that Christ is of the highest value? The second question is, do you allow things and your own desires to interfere with your relationship with God? Come on. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Pastor James, you've stepped across the line, mate. But can I tell you today, this is really the, the crux of, of godly confidence. Do we allow things and our desires to interfere with our relationship with God? And can I ask you and challenge you today that if, if, if that is the case, what do you need to change this week to fix this. Paul is getting close to wrapping up this section of text. He reminds us about the righteousness and how it's received. It is a reminder that righteousness is not found based on works. It's not based on our achievements, but it comes to us because of the price that was paid from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Romans 4.3 says this, Abraham believed God and what? It was credited to him as righteous. It doesn't say Abraham did all of these things, went on a, went on a fast, went and, and you know, you read the Bible from cover to cover, went and did all this stuff and in order to get, to get righteous with God. And I'm not saying, oh, James, you're just saying don't go fasting. No, I'm not saying that. But sometimes we can get caught in the trap where we think we need to do to attain a certain level of relationship with Jesus. God loves you, period. So when, you, when, it, when it comes down to fasting or spending time with God, you don't do it because you're pressured into thinking that God's going to love you more or love you less. No, no, no. You do it because, God, I know you love me. And so the least I could do is to get to know you because of your love is so great and so amazing for my life. We don't do things to get saved. We do things because we are saved. The least I could do, God, is spend time in your presence and know your heartbeat, Lord God. The last thing, if we want to grow in godly confidence, knowing God is deeper and also creates identity. Knowing God, knowing Him is deeper than just hearing His name. 
or knowing his story. Knowing God is about a personal relationship where you spend time with God and you discover things that he wants you to know. For those of us that are married, and you might have been married for a little while, have you ever walked into the kitchen or something? You're thinking about something and then your wife says what you're thinking. Or husbands, the other way around. It's happened to me a few times. My wife, she's able to articulate what I'm thinking not because we're super spiritual people, but because she knows her husband. She spent enough time with this young preacher, young preacher, to know how my mind ticks. And so with that, she's able to articulate. Why? Because she knows me. Can I ask you today, do you know God? Do you know how He thinks? Do you know what His heartbeat sounds like? Do you know His voice? Because if you know the voice of God and you know the Father, you will step out in confidence because you know who your daddy is. God doesn't want to just have us know His name. And it's a beautiful name. It's the best name. But God wants us to know Him, have relationship with Him. You know what? For some of us in this room, you won't even have to question God on something because you already know the answer. You know, I've learned in my life, there's some things I will not ask God about because I already know what He's going to say. And you know the problem with that sometimes is that it doesn't line up with what I want. Oh, come on, who knows what I'm talking about today? That's really annoying, I find. That is probably the, the challenging part of knowing God is you know what He thinks. And sometimes it doesn't line up with what we think. But that's okay. This morning, godly confidence. It's not faith and legalism. Come on now. It's not believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and adding your traditions to it. No. It's not fleshly achievements that amount to nothing. It's where real value comes and it comes from our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. And to know God is deeper and that creates your identity. There's some of us in this room, you're in an identity crisis. And can I encourage you today? God wants to reveal His identity to you at a whole nother level. You want to know what your identity is? You want to fix the identity crisis problem? Get to know God. Spend time with the Lord. Spend time listening to His voice. Know His heartbeat. Hear His voice. You might be hearing this and you might say, Oh, Pastor Jennifer, you're a pastor. Maybe you hear the voice of God because... No, no, forget the credentials. Forget that. Before 
my credentials and the bottom of my signature on me, I'm a child of God. I'm a son of the King. I'm forgiven, I'm set free. I'm healed and restored. And this morning, I, I just know that God doesn't just want us to hear the Word. I'm, I'm believing that God is going to breathe the Word into your hearts and into your minds.